Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Conversation. I'm Pastor Dusty White, and I'm here with Pastor Bob Thune of Cormdale Church and Pastor Chris Hemelman of First City Church. On Wednesdays, we sit down to talk about how the gospel of Jesus Christ connects to the questions and issues of everyday life. And today, we're talking about the things that we liked in 2023. Hey, Happy New Year, everyone. You're like, man, it's January. Why are we talking about last year? Well, because we want to. I mean, relax. It's I one know. of those first of the year I things, right? I know you all made your New Year's resolutions two days ago and you went to the gym this morning, but just relax. We want to talk about stuff we liked from last year. It's okay. You know what is depressing me is that I have not been to the gym in almost two months. Wow. Because I tore my calf muscle. And so in 2023, in 2023, that was, that was maybe a low light of 2023, uh, but, uh, so yeah, you're wearing a boot things I, you didn't yeah, like things I didn't like. I'm really so, sorry for that. Still struggling. Like I, I can't get on my new year's resolution to get back in the gym yet. So hopefully Man. soon. But boy, when you do that, one calf is going to be a little weaker than the <laughs> other. Gonna, I'm, gonna I'm gonna tell you struggling. what, Chris, since last month, last month, I went back to the gym for the first time since I fractured my entire body back in May. <laughs> Your whole body broke. That's a good summary. And I, you know, I literally haven't, it was like, man, I have not been able to even do, if you know, like you take it, you, you have a different kind of gratitude when it's like, oh, I can actually lift this thing now. And actually just the capacity to lift something is actually a real, a real grace, let alone whether it's a lot of weight I'm lifting or a little, it's just like, man, I can mm-hmm. lift a thing. That's a blessing yeah. because my wrist has been unable to do that for a long time. So I, I feel much weaker than I wish I did, but I also am thanking the Lord that I can function. When you, when you fractured your body, did you, <laughs> did you stand when you, when you preached through, did you preach much through I that did. recovery? Did my, you, did you stand? Yeah. My church knows I stood yeah. up there with my Man. cast on my big old blue Man. cast, waving it around this dude. He like, he broke stuff. And then like a couple weeks later, it looked like he broke something else, but really it was all the same incident. He just was discovering. Just like learning. Break. I yeah. fractured my, my wrist, two ribs and my pelvis all in the same accident, but I discovered those things not in the same, not the same so, slowly over so I was time. On, I was on crutches for a month in 2023 and everybody's like, Oh dude, you're pre-, like, I crutched up to the stage and then handed my crutches off to Zach and he kindly took them down. And okay. I was like, Oh, now I'm, now I'm going to preach. And people are like, wow, dude, you're on crutches. And then literally like four weeks later, I was like, Hey, here's my cast <laughs> on my arm. <laughs> here's a cast actually, I should have had on with my crutches. Actually, my wrist was broken this whole time and I didn't know it. So I'm, man, I give you props for preaching, standing up. I sat down for four sermons. You kind of have to, man. It, yeah. it, it was, I, I kind of got used to it, 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 but it was weird. It was weird trying to preach sitting on a stool. It just feels like the whole delivery it's and presence. Com- it's like you're just having a conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm one of those cool seeker sensitive guys. Yeah. Just chat it up. The, uh, the Sunday interview, before, not a sermon. Yeah, the Sunday before I did it the first time I was on Twitter and I found this tweet where someone was asking the question, is there a correlation between preaching while sitting at a table and the degree to which you preach heresy or something like that. And I, I just laughed so hard. I showed that tweet the first Sunday I sat down. I'm like, hopefully not. Hopefully my the quality of my sermons will continue to be good, even though I'm sitting down. But Hey, we need to shout out some snacks for the first podcast of 2024. Yeah. Uh, David and Rachel Sundman. Uh, here's a, I don't really understand this snack. It's, it's like a homemade waffle cone kind of a thing. And then they just gave us a whole container of spray whipped cream. It and does come like, with cold whipped cream. You fill the waffle cone up with the whipped cream and you, I'm not going to eat one right now because it looks very crunchy and the listeners would hear me chewing on it. But Chris, you ate one before we turned on the mics and how would you describe, like, what do we? Yeah. Kind of a cross between a ice cream cone without the ice cream Mm. and a cannoli, but different type of filling. So 
Yeah. It was tasty. Yeah, cannoli. Tasty. I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's in the same yeah. category as a cannoli. That this is sense. definitely like if we had the history on this this snack, this dessert, it's definitely a family thing. Yeah, yeah. kind of feels somebody that way. Rachel's family, David's family, somebody's here. They've been they've been carrying this thing forward. Well, thanks for providing snacks for our first podcast of the new year. We want to talk about uh, stuff we liked last year, and I primarily had in mind uh, books when I thought of this topic. I just wanted to know. I always like hearing from every time I'm together with friends who read. I'm like, hey, what are you reading that's good? So anytime a year concludes, I kind of want to know, like, hey, what'd you read last year that was good? And as, of course, in honor of our former podcast mate, Bethany, I'll probably also make you talk about what things are you listening to and watching because she was always good at making us like say like, yeah, you guys don't be nerds. Like, don't tell, just be tell nerds. us what you're watching. Tell us what you're listening to. Don't just tell us the books you're reading. And I, I respect and appreciate that. So, uh, Chris, what's the best book you read in 2023? Or maybe the, maybe it's not the best, just an interesting book. Actually pretty easy. As I was thinking about this, uh, Genesis of gender. Oh yeah. Abigail Favalli. I read that. You uh, gave that to me. Yeah. I, I told you that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the beginning of last year, uh, read it as part of prepping a, a theology seminar. I did at first city. Uh, I think one of the best books that I've read in a while actually, uh, and particularly on the theology of gender, she focuses primarily on, uh, female, but, uh, yeah, fantastic. That was fantastic. That's a good one. Dusty, you got a book that was good for you? I don't really have like a, this one definitely was the best. Uh, I have just a, a handful of books that I enjoyed. So forgive by Keller was a really mm, good book. Yeah. Um, that came out right before he died actually. And then he, he passed while that, while I was like reading that book and we were reading it as a team. So that made it better because, I read it with our care and counseling team. And so we were able to chop it up and that always makes books better for me. But also devotionally, I feel like what was really good for me was this summer, a friend of mine and I went through uh, Ray Ortland's Psalm. Uh, it's like Ray Ortland's favorite Psalms turned <laughs> into a little mini devotional book study. I think it's actually like a small group study. You kind of want to write one of those when you're 70. I do. You? You're going to have, you're going to have a, a few years of favorite Psalms yeah. stored up by then. And you know, it's, it's basically grandpa Ray. So he does these videos with these Psalms. And so that was like, that was in the summer. I did it with a buddy. It was really like rich time and very familiar Psalms, you know, Psalm 23, Psalm 51, you're mm -hmm. going through Psalms and, uh, and it was just really rich time. Um, so, but interestingly enough, <laughs> this is going to sound funny. But I, I have like devoured the Atlantic. Um, mm. Funny because I finally subscribed. Uh, we <laughs> we talk about it like every third episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like hijack a lot of uh, links to the Atlantic, uh, but I, I've devoured a lot of it. Now, some of them are pretty shady, so you're yeah. like, never mind. Yeah. But at night, I read the Atlantic, um, and I'm always like, e lately at least, I've been eager for the next the next. Uh, the next magazine, you read the, actual the next physical copy. Yeah, to drop that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It's, it's like different to read it as a physical artifact than to read an online article. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Kind of feels nice to have it in your hand and doze off to sleep or something while you're reading it. Kind of makes you feel like a grandpa dozing yeah. off. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm going to sit over here and read my magazine. Read my TV guide. <laughs> so my grandpa read the TV guide. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a, I got a, I got a list. I got a stack to talk about my, devotionally my favorite find this year is William Jay's morning exercises. William Jay is an old Puritan lived in the 19th century. Uh, morning exercises, is literally just a morning devotional. 
And it's one of those that the Puritans do where he takes like a verse or sometimes even like a phrase from a verse. And then he writes like two pages of reflections on it. And it's just like, mm. yeah, this is amazing. Like it slows you down to actually attend to the words and shout out to my friend, Ben self Ben gave, he, he had been using this devotional for years. And when he, Moved away from Omaha, he gave it to me as like a going away gift to say, hey, thanks for being my pastor. Wow. And it's been a, I mean, it's, it's like a used copy. I don't even think it's in print anymore. It's clear that he like bought it off of one of those used book sites, you know, because it's got somebody else's name in the front. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jim, somebody other. Um, but it's been a really wonderful um, read every morning for me. Two books that I really, well, I'm going to tell two that I, two theology books that I really benefited from in 2023 were N.T. writes the resurrection of the Son of God like 20 years late. <laughs> I think it was written in 2003. <laughs> I finally read it, and uh, man, it's powerful. Um, N.T. writes stuff on the resurrection. It, it brought a lot of threads together for me, and this is a great book to give to skeptics. If you have people who are like readers and thinkers but aren't persuaded about Christianity, what Wright does is he basically, this book is about the the verifiability of the resurrection. He's basically just like, look, all the other theories that Jesus didn't rise from the dead are kind of all, they don't hold water. And it's not really a book of apologetics. It's more of a work of history. He's writing as a historian and just saying like, hey, here's all the thing. The only way you can make sense of the rise of the early church is if the resurrection happened. And here's all the other theories that, that people have given, and here's why they're all kind of lame. So um, and it's very, very deep historical work. It's a big, thick book. I mean, if you pick it up, you'd be like, oh, I don't know if this looks like about 700 <laughs> pages, but that was a fantastic read. And then um, The Logic of the Body, which is Matt Lapine's book um, on theological psychology. It's kind of a dense read. I don't recommend it for like bedtime reading. Just got the one in the mail. But yeah, it's um, he's doing some really important work there. I think it's more of a pastor slash scholar read. It's probably not, a, you know, I, I wouldn't, recommend it to everyone. But the work he's doing is trying to recover a Christian psychology that's not therapeutic, but that's also not just repent and do what God says. You know, that there's, he's like trying to carve out this space of basically leaning on Aquinas and saying, how does the Bible give us a robust psychology that can explain things like our embodiedness and, and why certain, you know, why anxiety sometimes feels like it just happens and we can't do anything about it. But then the Bible says, don't be anxious. Like, how do you, how do you make sense of all that? And what does sanctification look like? So I think that book is, um, was pretty important read last year. Those two were like theology works. My favorite book of last year was Andrew Wilson's Remake in the World which is a book about the year 1776. Have I talked about that on this podcast? I've heard of the book, but I don't, I don't know. If I've talked, talked about, about it. You, talk, you talked about anticipating the book. Yeah, yeah, I've talked about it with like a bunch of my friends lately. I'm like, this book is so good. It's well-written. It's engaging. It's full of stories. Like if you're, if you're like, a, well, I don't like to read books about history, you will love this book because he, he tells story. It's like a story. It's, it's a book of, you know, eight or nine things that happened in 1776. And he's like, chapter one, let me tell you this story about a thing that happened. And of course he's, his thesis is that basically what we call the post-Christian world began in 1776. That there was nine things that happened in that year that launched us into where we are now. And it's just, it's a, such a well-written book. I, I, 
I was, Andrew and I are friends, and so I was sending him direct messages every time. I was like, I would snap quotes from the book and be like, this is amazing, you know? And I think he got, he's like, cool, I'm glad you like my book. You're like, you know, you're like a, you're like a fanboy over <laughs> yeah. there, like So it's not just a book. British guy complaining that they lost? No. <laughs> they lost amazing. the war? It's amazing. He is a British guy, and I tease him about that a lot. But uh, he, no, it's a really, really well-written, profound book. And he's a very intelligent person and a very good writer. I... I want to say something right now that would probably get me in trouble, but there are a lot of good Christians who aren't good writers. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Give me a Joe Biden. That's that's what I want to say when I read some books. I want to be like Joe Biden, you know, and just say like, "Hey, come on, man, learn how to write." Like you have good yeah. content. It's not your content is bad or you know, but it's just it takes you seven hours to say what you want to say. And Andrew, his sentences are punchy and his stories are compelling, and it's just a really fun book to read. So. I loved that book. I just, my wife was teasing me because I was like, I sent her the audio book and I was like, you got to read this so we can talk about it. You know, I'm just like, this is <laughs> our wives love mind. it when we do that. Yeah. Um, so those were, yeah, those were some that I really enjoyed last year. Um, and I think the ones I had the most fun reading in 2023. So a devotional book that I read, probably the best devotional book I read last year. Uh, is a book called Where Prayer Becomes Real yeah. by Kyle Strobel, uh, recommended by our friend Todd Bumgarner. Uh, read it as a staff hmm. uh, as part of last year. One of the things that we were emphasizing as a church is just growing in prayer. And so we read that as a staff, but it was also very much like, how are we growing personally? And fantastic book on prayer. Hmm. Fantastic book on prayer. Really presses into uh, thinking through just your practice and how to to grow in that practice and how to overcome some of the hurdles and things that keep us from a robust prayer life. And so appreciated the categories, but also appreciated some of the, the push and some challenges. I hadn't, the, the way he frames some of the internal struggles that we have with prayer, like the way he engages how to deal with distraction, mm-hmm. I thought was uh, provocative in some ways, some ways I still, I'm like, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with all that he's saying, but it was provocative and helpful uh, to the degree to which uh, he was challenging saying that, Hey, maybe your distractions are actually related to things you should be praying about. Mm-hmm. You kind of have this agenda when you come in and you think, Hey, I need to pray about this. And your mind starts to wander in other directions rather than sort of fighting for control. Maybe those are the things you should consider taking the Lord in prayer. So things like that, I'm like, Oh, that's, I'd never thought of it that way. Uh, so there was a lot in there that I think anybody could benefit from as that wants to grow in their prayer life. And then my, the other book that I read this year that I liked my nerd book, is I read a Star Wars novel. Well, um, what? Hang word. on. What does yeah. that even mean? <laughs> wow. So for the, the genuine... Star Wars is a movie. That yes. took a turn. <laughs> so for the genuine Star Wars fans in our listening audience, wow. they will appreciate this. Wow. So uh, in post... So so throw away one, two, three, throw away all the, the stuff that's come out in the past 10 years or so. Just Just think of the original three. So four, four, five, and six, six. four, five, and six. <laughs> so confusing. Yeah. So when yeah. the when these novels were written, that's the only thing that was out there. Okay. And on top of a couple like really silly Ewok movies, but so uh, an author Timothy Zahn wrote a a sequel to the four, five, and six. So the OG seven, eight, nine, mm. and these came out before any of the the prequels came out. Anything, and this is what the people wanted to see when when mm. they hoped that new movies would be made. This is what they hoped they would have turned these novels into movies, but they didn't. Who's they, the, we need to, we need to the, call them the, out. The star. Well, come on, probably come on, George Lucas, uh, 
uh, Disney when they when they purchased all of that. So really and missed an can opportunity. I ask a question: How does this work with copyright laws? Like, how does your author friend just be like, "I'm going to take George Lucas's characters and I'm going to write about them"? Like, is that legal? Can I'm guessing that? that he got permission. Oh, okay. Yeah, because because there was a nothing had been, nothing was coming out, nothing had come out since the last movie, and so he he sort of broke the four years of silence, wow. so to speak. Mm. But actually, they're really well written. Well written. Uh, they actually are stay true to the characters, not like a lot of the current trash. Dusty's over here laughing at me. Well, I'm just trying um, to not yeah. fall asleep. I just, no, <laughs> so no. I'm just saying, it, this hey, is what I read over the summer. It was very, it was just like, I need something to read that is entertaining, that kind of, you know, that, that I enjoy kind of getting in touch with some of my nerd side. And they're actually good novels. So if you are a Star Wars fan and you haven't read these novels, read them. Put all the the other stuff out of your mind. Pretend there's only four, five, six and enjoy the ride. So. So this is, I want to say, this is what I love about Star Wars and what drives me crazy. Oh, what man. I love about Star Wars is it is such a compelling, like, everybody's story. Like, George Lucas did such a good job with those first three movies creating a world yeah. that tons of people have wanted to enter into. And so I'm compelled by, like, it's part of our cultural consciousness. Like, everybody knows Star Wars. The thing that drives me crazy is there's also no end to the Star Wars universe, and, yeah. and no one... Ag- Everybody disagrees on like what are, what is the con- continuity of yeah, the story? What's canon, what's and yeah, what counts yeah. and what doesn't count? And what are the real stories yeah. and what are the fake stories? It's just like you can't. It's it's like it's kind of like the world we live in. It's yeah. Just like, man, well, if you go by what's considered canon today, these novels do not fit into uh, the canon. They they have been retrofitted out, which man. is terrible because these are actually legit, solid, in line with the original movies. Uh, much of the the newer stuff today, with the exception of a few things, is kind of is kind of trash. Let's make, let's make, let's raise money and make seven, eight, nine the way they should have been made. Yeah, they would be amazing. <laughs> amazing. What are you looking There's got to be a billionaire out there. There's got to be a billionaire out there who would, would like say, Hey, I will fund this. I'm such a big star Wars fan. I would fund these novels becoming movies. All right. Yikes. What do you got looking up over there, Dusty? Nothing, man. I'm just over here scrolling. Some social media <laughs> he checked out when Star guys, Wars came out. you guys get done wow. with Star Wars. I thought you were pulling well, what, up like- Let me pull you back. Let me pull you back. One of the other books that was helpful to me was Prayer in the Night uh, by uh, Tish Harrison Warren. I'd never read it, mm-hmm. but a couple people in our church had read it. I read it at night. Mm. Like, I just decided, you know, these are- Thematic. Yeah, I'm going to just go at night with these prayers. And so she walks you through certain prayers- um, that was good. Hey, let's talk about like stuff we did. Okay. Experiences, things okay. you took in. Let me start. Go. And I, I don't want to get made fun of, but I'm going to risk putting this out there I to like the whole it. wide world. I started to care about plants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. That sounds so funny to say. Okay. Plants are very, very, you should organic. care about plants. Like God JC, JC and I, you know, we had six children, so we killed any plant that was ever given to us for the first probably 10 years of our marriage, at least just cause you don't have time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, well, I got other things Raising I got to for kids. sure feed and water. Uh, <laughs> but right now I have four plants in my office and I'm like, I like want them to do well, you know? And so like I have this, I have this Christmas cactus. I'm just like, how does this thing know when to bloom? It like blooms in December. It's weird. I'm like, I love that this plant knows what time of year it is. It's crazy. So, so you got into plants in 20. I got a little bit into plants. The other thing I did was I painted my house. Yeah. You, had um, some, you sent me some photos of your house painting. It was yeah, a project. Man, it, was, it was crazy, but it was fun. We conquered that. My wife and I uh, did this retreat uh, just outside of Nashville uh, with, with some people talking about the soul. That was good. Um, 
you know, summer was good. Went to Okaboji, taught at a conference there uh, on uh, parenting in a post-Christian culture. But really, we just like had fun as a family. So how about you guys? This summer was the first time we didn't go anywhere for vacation, and it wasn't great. <laughs> we, I mean, it, there, there was things about it that were fine, but, but we realized, yeah, it's good for us to at least get away for maybe a week or something just to kind of get out of our, our normal bubble. But we did tra- overall travel to a, a country we'd never been to. So went to Mexico in October for the first time and then to two States that had not been to. So got to ch- uh, check off, uh, Oregon and Washington state. Uh, so we were there in November. So Got to see some new some new sites and travel. Both trips were very enjoyable. The PNW, as they call it, the Pacific Northwest. The, P, the Pacific Northwest, beautiful up yeah, there. I mean, is. the colors are yeah, just so vivid. Yeah, uh, we we intended to paint our house in the fall, but what started as a painting project turned into a whole scale reside. Yikes! So our our uh, house project was very intense and crazy. I probably should have resided. <laughs> Just paint it over. It's fine. You'll be good for another couple of years. I the 2023 is two memories for me, really. One is I crashed my bike, as we talked about already. Man. And broke lots of things. And so most of 2023 was rehab, recovery, uh, limitation, pain, suffering, hardship. And it was good. You know, it's like you learn things from those things. I would not have scripted the year that way. I, I am a person who loves when the weather turns nice. I like living in a place where there's four seasons, but like, man, as soon as the snow melts, I'm like, sweet, let's get outside. So literally it was like the first week of May. It was like the first time I took my mountain bike out. Like we're going to go ride. And I was by myself and I crashed and I broke a bunch of stuff. And then I basically like the whole rest of the year while the weather was nice, I couldn't ride, couldn't even really do much. And so that was a bummer. That was a sad memory of 2023. And then my daughter graduating from college, you know, was the, so I got two kids now through college, which is a big milestone for us as a family. And so that's a big, big moment of 2023. Also guys, I almost forgot this. My son got engaged. Yeah, he did. And there you go. That was really fun. So we're anticipating a wedding this year. Yeah. Congrats. That's a a fun fun story. story. Yeah, he's marrying a girl. I was gonna say, how, how do you yeah. how do you like explain the connection? Said, it's like it's, he's marrying the granddaughter of the people who led you to Christ, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, so my neighbor family, who had the most influence on me as a young boy towards Christ, uh, it's their granddaughter. So my childhood best friend's daughter, my son is marrying that. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. What a it's story! A, it's an amazing story of grace. So pretty fun for our family. That's awesome. Tell me about a new. Is there a podcast you discovered in 2023 or a, even like a streaming show you discovered? So maybe those are the two categories. Streaming things, either audio or video. I mean, I'm, I'm not much of a TV guy, but I will say this. I've probably watched more football this year than I should have. Whoa. But at our house, lately at least, it's just been more Blue Bloods. Yeah, so I like that show. I'm like that kind of guy who, like, once I know the characters and the people and yeah. figure that all out, then I just kind of like stick with it. So, yeah, it takes a lot for a show to lock me in. I, I, I'm just like not interested very much. Yep, very long, I should say. Yep. All right, I got two or three. I got a, a podcast I discovered was the surprising rebirth of belief in God. It's a podcast tracking sort of the decline of new atheism. His tagline for it is how new atheism grew old. It was interesting to me because I was 
in the middle of planting a church in the height of all the new atheist stuff. And so it was just very, uh, that was a very real uh, movement that I was interacting with and had friends connected to and showing up at conferences and doing debates. And I also heard Tim Keller say that when he wrote The Reason for God, he was mainly interacting with new atheism. But then by the time he wrote Making Sense of God, he could tell that the apologetic ground was shifting and that it wasn't really the new atheism questions. It was more the moral questions about is Christianity good? And that was intriguing to me. So this podcast is intriguing because this guy traces basically what happened to sort of cause new atheism to kind of lose its luster. And uh, I found it really interesting. Um, So if you're into that kind of thing, that's a good podcast that just came out the end of 2023. It might still be putting new episodes out there. I'm not sure, but I, I think it started like in November of 2023 um, as a podcast. So I liked that one. Uh, a couple streaming shows I got into this past year. Uh, if, if you have kids, don't let them watch these. <laughs> they're not, they're not like, um, I would not call them like honoring to Christ in the fullest sense, right? Like yeah. there, there's a lot of uh, brokenness and fallenness represented in these shows, but also redemptive themes. And and so that's something I am always attentive to is I want to pay attention to stories and not just ask like, Oh, is there language course or, you know, whatever, but what are the redemptive themes here? Um, so one that some friends turned me on to that I've really been intrigued by is called the bear. It's on Hulu. Is that about the, is he a chef? Yeah. It's a okay. chef that takes over. It's like a combination of a cooking show and a mob show. Okay. It's, um, and it's like, it's intense. There's a lot of F words in the show. Like it's like Chicago in all of its glory, but, um, a really compelling storyline. And I think it's written by a pretty new scriptwriter. Like I don't recognize the guy's name. I think this is the first thing he's kind of put out there and it's, I've been really intrigued by it. I don't know where it's going to go. It could be one of those things where you're listening to this and you start watching it and then it like falls off a cliff and it's disgusting. But to this point, it's been really fascinating to me. I, it helps me as a preacher to try to enter into worlds where it's just like these people don't, the people in this show, the characters in this show don't have a category really for the gospel. And so how would I enter into their world? And that's how I tend to think when I watch shows like this, it's just like, how would I enter into these people's world and talk with them about Jesus? So that show was really interesting Mm to me. So two shows that, well, one, one we watched together and one I just watched. So over the summer, Mindy and I binge watched the show. It's not new, uh, but it's called White Collar. Uh, it's it used to be on the USA Network. I, I think the last season might have been 2017, maybe earlier. Uh, ran for like six seasons. But the the premise is uh, there. W- the one main character is a very suave, debonair uh, art thief. So he's like he's a high profile art thief, and the other guy is the FBI agent chasing him. He catches him in the first episode and part of this guy's sort of plea deal is he's going to help the FBI with white collar crime. So catch white collar criminals. So it's them chasing art thieves and embezzlers and various things. And, uh, it's, it's very witty kind of fast paced. The dialogue, the, the interaction between the two main characters is, is really enjoyable. The kind of cast supporting cast is all so very good, like kind of cast chemistry and interesting kind of plots. And, and the tone overall is, it's not super intense. I mean, there, there are some episodes that are more intense than others, but for the most part, it's, it's kind of got more of a fun, playful, uh, kind of vibe to the show and it's very cultured. So you're like learning about various, uh, pieces of art and artists and, 
Uh, so it's, it's just kind of fun. It was, it was a fun show to watch over the summer. And then a show that I watched because Mindy's not really into heavy action shows, but Reacher, uh, it's the, the Jack Reacher series. So again, not one you're going to watch with your kids. <laughs> There's a, definitely some objectionable stuff, but overall, uh, if you like action, you like a, a strong, like action character, kind of a throwback action character. Uh, it's a great series. Uh, and season two is coming or came out in December. And so, uh, I'm going to at some point watch that soon too. The other thing I went and watched by myself was full swing, which was the, it follows all the, oh yeah the high profile golf golfers. Uh, I never watch anything alone and I watched all of that and I wanted more because it was just that whole world was interesting to me. All right. How about this worst or most disappointing movie or book of last year for you? Oh, easy, easy. Cause this just happened a few weeks ago. So I, again, nerd. So Dusty, go, you know, can pull up Here your phone. Start Star scrolling, Wars, but hold on. <laughs> not Star Wars, not Star Wars. Let me use the restroom real quick. <laughs> so, so Doctor Who, Doctor Who. So like, this is like way above Star Wars as far as the nerdy, the nerdiness. So Doctor Who, big fan of Doctor Who, was a fan of Doctor Who as a kid. Uh, I had stopped watching after, so the, the most recent Doctor up until a couple weeks ago, uh, the doctor became female, which was somewhat controversial. We watched the first season of that. She was great. The writing and the scripts were kind of terrible. So we I hadn't caught up with, you know, the, I think she was in it for maybe three seasons. And so we missed the, the previous two. Anyway, they bring back the most famous doctor, like the, the, the one everybody says, David Tennant, the best doctor for three episodes. They're going to bring him back for three episodes to try to revive the series because ratings were down or whatever. And Doctor Who's now on Disney Plus. So I'm like, sweet. Three, they're going to do three episodes in December. My favorite doctor's coming back. This is going to be great. First episode comes out. And you want to talk about a woke agenda. Like, not, not a peripheral character, not just kind of a throwaway, but central to the plot. It, it just, it was terrible. Like, I was sitting there going, this kind of feels like what they did to Star Wars. They ruined my childhood. <laughs> They destroy my, and, and Dr. Who has through the years, they would throw little woke things in, in, but it was always kind of just these like little throwaway moments where you're like, that's kind of dumb, but it's not really central to the plot. This was central, like a trans character was central to the plot. And you're like, yeah, wow. this has just become terrible. So that was the worst. Okay. I do have a, a good movie and I'm no, not a movie guy. No, I'm going to let you go. Okay. I'm going to let you go. No, I don't have one. I want to know what your most disappointing. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, most. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Everything disappointing. Well, you have a good one. Go ahead. Share your My good one. one is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah. Sure. And I'm just like not, I just don't get into it, but I got into that. Sure. Top Gun Maverick. See, and, uh, I, I thought it was a good movie, but some people are like, that's like one of the best movies I've ever seen. I'm like, I, maybe. Maybe it's just yeah. the storyline and like where I, I was at, listen. you know, because you revert back to the first Top Gun and all that. So maybe it was that. I don't know, but it was How good. about if we just say that I think Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer were the same age. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Like they, they, them in that movie look like completely different human beings. So I can't, I can't really get my mind around. Maybe that. that's what's going to happen to you and I. Yeah, like, it could be. You're going to look <laughs> fine. You're going to be Tom Cruise and I'm going to be Val like, Kilmer. Or and, vice versa. And they're going to be like, wait, wasn't Dusty a couple years younger than like, Bob? But why does he look worse? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see, uh, 
the the new Mission Impossible movies last year, the Tom Cruise, yeah. like that was actually that was really good. Okay, and the stunts where he like I mean, rode the hey, bike Bob, off the mountain. That's not I what guess. Bob wants to hear. He wants to hear what was bad. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I liked it. I watched it, and I was like, well, it's. I mean, I guess if you want to jump a bike off a mountain and then paraglide down on whatever he did down onto a moving train, I guess I can believe that you could pull yeah. that off. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure you can do that in the real yeah. world. Yeah. But as far as action films go, yeah, it was it was good. What were you bummed by? I don't, I don't, he was bummed by Barbie. Yeah. He, was, was he had high hopes for Barbie. I have Taylor heard Swift. a lot of people. I have heard a lot of people trash Napoleon. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen but it. But I've talked to a bunch of people who saw it like, yeah, it's just disappointing. So I think there have been some movie releases that were like super hyped. And I was like, eh, uh, I didn't see Barbie. So I can't, can't speak to whether that <laughs> it was, one. It was interesting. I mean, it was, can't it was clever. That one. Yeah. There's a lot of movies that came out last year that I still haven't seen. I'm not, I'm not really like a super current movie goer. I usually wait till they come out on my TV and then I watch them six months later. Was Barbie like crazy woke? I, I like that you watched it by the way. Yeah, I mean, yes. in in, in ways that you kind of expected, but it was also clever in ways that you didn't. So I went in expecting it to be woke and expecting the agendas and they were there but there were also these moments where you're like, oh, that's, it's actually trying to be somewhat thoughtful and creative and clever. It was almost like too much going on. So my critiques of Barbie wasn't necessarily the wokeness. It was more, I think it was trying to do too much. I'm about to offend some people. Guys, Bob, did you hear that? He He's seen Barbie. Like that's just the moment right here. What? I and mean, I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a not, culturally I'm not, relevant pastor. I'm I a missional pastor. for that. I just, <laughs> yeah. I have. Yeah, there was I a lot of takes like on you're better than me. Listen, yeah. there was a lot of takes on Barbie. I feel like every Christian website had a take on Barbie. And I was like, really, yeah. is this what we do now? Yeah, so I know. Like, I was the first person to press with a take on Barbie. Yeah, I wasn't interested in, in doing all the takes. It was more yeah. just like, Oh, let's, I'm glad. let's see what this, I appreciate what that you this weren't is. because when the gospel coalition posted like a take on Barbie two days after it came out, I was like, yeah, this is not what I'm, it's not the thing I want to see <laughs> yeah. as a council member. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not, <laughs> Not the content I really love. I didn't see uh, Oppenheimer because um, there was. I heard there were some the gratuitous sex scene. Uh, yeah, unnecessary, which is really weird for Christopher Nolan to do that. But it's like you know what? I'm I just nah. Yeah, so. I haven't seen it either. Um, I I was gonna say I want to offend people because there's this weird unspoken expectation in our world that like you're not supposed to criticize things in Christianity, mm. especially among people that you like. But I feel like, yeah, I try to just be honest about how, how I perceive something. Uh, the book that came out in 2023 by Samuel James, Digital Liturgies. I did not read that. He is an amazing writer, and I love his substack. The book was underwhelming to me. I just feel like this guy is a really thoughtful and engaging writer, and I was looking forward to the book because I thought, man, his content is so strong. And I feel like the book was like, yeah, it was okay. So, you know, I just feel like, in my world, it's like you're supposed to say, like, this book was great, you know? And I just, I don't like to say that if I don't think it. So I'm going to say that book was a little underwhelming to me. Can I, can I say another book that I found under, I, as long super as it's not one of mine. No, say <laughs> I've always loved your book. <laughs> um, the Great Dechurching to me, mm. the data was super helpful. But it was a blog post. But yes, exactly. <laughs> Beyond that, I was like, this, this is a book? Like, I don't know. That's what I, th I think. Yeah. I think that there's a tendency in Christianity to take really good blog posts that would be good at a thousand or 3000 or 5,000 words and turn them into a 50,000 word book. Yeah. And I just feel like, man, I don't, that that's, 
I, I, I feel what you're feeling there. Just like sometimes it just, it's not as compelling as just like a really precise, well-worded short piece that's yeah. just like, here's what we learned. Yeah. And here's the interesting takeaways. Yeah. yeah. Cause beyond, beyond the data and a couple implications, it's like, I, yeah. I didn't find it particularly helpful or in, in, inspiring or anything. So I, I don't want to, yeah, again, helpful for the data and some insights into the data, but as a book, I, I yeah. was a little disappointed. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. You can be disappointed in books, Dusty. You don't have to like every book that comes out. And we don't have to pretend that every book that comes out is as good as it could have been. It's yeah. okay. And that's just- my, Mine aren't. <laughs> I, I was telling a story about when Walker and I first published The Gospel Centered Life, and one of the reviewers was like, sent us this feedback. It was like, hey, guys, found it mostly helpful. You didn't mention the Holy Spirit one time. <laughs> and Walker and I were like, no, that's not true. We totally did. And so we literally like- did a word of control F in the manuscript for, you know, Holy Spirit. Zero. Zero. <laughs> like, wow. Well, Can you get a little Trinitarian? Seriously. It's like, I thought we were Trinitarian. So I was like, well, that sucks when somebody like knocks your book and you're like, oh, actually you're exactly right. We totally failed. So, you know, it's okay. Like critique makes things better. You know, it's okay. I mean, there most books, the first few chapters are just legit. Yes. And then very rarely can a book hold my attention all the way to the end, you know, like sometimes. Yeah. A couple times a year. But not every book. And this is why people need to have permission to not finish books. Mm, amen, read, brother. Read the chapters that are beneficial. And what's not beneficial, it's okay. Like the, the most exciting thing I've heard in this conversation is you saying you're reading the paper copy of The Atlantic. Yeah, I man. just I like, in a very digital world where everybody's always reading off a screen, I love when I hear people like, man, I, like I'm reading a hard copy. Yeah. Because it just feels to me like, man, I, I want that. I think that's a better life. I just feel like, digital devices, reading on a digital device is always so distracting to me because a text is going to pop up or I'm going to click a link and go, you know, it's just like you got a thousand ways to get your mind distracted. And when I'm looking at a magazine, that can't happen. So I'm encouraged by that, Dusty. You know what it made me think of? Then my kids read some of them too. Yeah. So, so I take our hard copies of the Atlantic from the office and bring them home. I got, you know, kind of backlog and I'll catch up on them. So, and, and I do, I enjoy just like sitting on the couch, laying on the couch but when I was doing it over the summer, it reminded me of, as a kid growing up, uh, subscribed to Sports Illustrated. So I was always excited to get that Sports Illustrated. And I remembered how pretty much every issue had like, you know, remember had like those little samples of men's cologne that would be in magazines. Yes. And it always had this distinct smell. And that is like, that smell was like the, the sense of memory through smell wow. was like so strong just sitting there. It just like provoked that. And I'm like, man, that's like a, formative part of my childhood reading sports illustrated i i mean, maybe once or twice i you know rubbed it on my shirt or whatever but it was it was more just like a little bit smell. of smell yeah a little bit of cool water, <laughs> rubbed cool on water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it was just that they say oh the smell of reading a magazine you, you know that's interesting because now that you've said that it my kids will ask like hey dad what are you reading over there or what's that article about or they, they don't do that if you're reading on like an ipad yeah you know it's just very private yeah. I better not ask. Yeah. Yeah. Or dad's probably doing work over there. Yeah. He's probably texting somebody in the church, helping him out. Well, I, I hope that 2024 will be full of joy and grace for all of you who are our listeners. And uh, we will be coming back to you every Wednesday with new episodes and new content. So if there is a topic, a thought, an idea that you want us to talk about, by the way, every email that you send, we consider the things you want us to talk about. We don't always do it. Yeah. There's some that we read and we're like, yeah, we're not talking about that. It's not because we don't like your idea. It's just because we don't feel like it'd be the best thing for 
this podcast. The so, whole world, yeah. Yeah, for the or that we don't feel like we have anything really meaningful to say about it. It's like some of the things you're asking about, I'm like, man, that's a really good question. I don't have any knowledge in that area. So I can turn on the microphone and just sit there for 30 minutes. But um, so just I'm saying all that listeners to say, uh, we always love hearing from you and knowing what it is you'd like us to talk more about, whether that's a biblical topic, a theolo- theological topic, a cultural topic. Um, those are the three categories we try to weave together on this podcast is the scriptures, Christian theology and history, and then what's going on in the modern world and in our culture. So if you have something you want us to talk about this year, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, David and Rachel, for today's snacks. Mm. The goal of this podcast is to equip our own churches for discipleship and mission. So if you're a Christian or a church leader in another context, we thank you for listening in. And we pray that this conversation might be helpful to you as you minister in your context. Like Bob said, we always love to hear from listeners. So if you have thoughts, questions, or future podcast topics, send an email to podcast at cdomaha.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Wednesday Conversation.